Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. guys this week's episode of heavy mod tones with me your podcast host tony evans now i'm using my new mic to this if this intro and the old mic for the show i wonder if anyone can hear the difference it took a little bit of a tweaking but then again you know who doesn't like a bit of a tweak now and again i'm sure now this episode is quite special because we got to interview the two lads nate and uh sean from the living the burning the perth band about their wonderful debut album that's taken 15 years yet released called the living dead uh, and we allowed at the beginning by permission permission of the band to play act one calling all units and the living dead part one the dead will rise um the now we both you have to listen to act one and part one together uh, it really tells the starts the story off for the album so i hope you enjoy this um i'm really enjoyed talking to the lads they are really good storytellers there are some dropout sections um might be a few seconds here and there where it goes a bit blank for a second because one of them was in Manila, one was in Perth, and I'm here in Canberra, and so the sound got a little bit um, broken up. It might get stuffed, an advert might get stuffed in there, I don't know yet. This is a long, long show, guys, for me. It's one of the longest I've ever done, so please do sit in, um, enjoy the show. Uh, the guys are brilliant, brilliant raconteurs. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, guys. Um, enjoy the interview, and enjoy this brilliant music. All units, calling all units. There have been several reports in the last 10 minutes. Um, I don't quite know how to say this, but they are telling me the dead are walking the streets of Arch City. I'm sure it's just a series of pranks, but could I get an available patrol car to do a perimeter check of the city, paying particular attention to the old cemetery? <clears throat> Over.
Thanks for reaching out and wanting to chat with me. Uh, I'm sort of, uh, and, and just no disrespect, I hadn't heard your stuff before. This big, vast continent we live on, there's so much fantastic music coming from here that when you um, said, hey, have a listen, I was blown away, guys, blown away. So I'm talking to the guys from The Burning, uh, Perth. How would you describe your, your metal? Would you say horror-based, horror-themed thrash? What would you say yours is? Oh. What, what, what do you reckon, Sean? Yeah, zombie metal. Yeah, zombie metal. Yeah. 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 I mean, to be fair, we we as as serious as like you can make music, right? It's good. It's always fun to have a cool theme to it, you know, and and try and write a story. I think it's and you know we grew up so much us and the lads like watching horror movies, zombies, a lot of zombie flicks. So may as well make songs about it. I was gonna say it's right up my alley because I used to work in special effects back in the UK when I was younger. And zombie movies are my are my thing, you know, particularly Italian, the you know, fortune movies. Great. I mean the burning, for God's sake, is probably Tom Zavini's best <laughs> slasher movie, right? Um <laughs> and uh, I was like, I put it on. I've just been thinking because I like I mean, I'm a big fan of prog, right? I love I love a, a good journey through a bit of music. And I felt that yeah. with your album, particularly the way that you sort of have that sort of dramatism and using 
you know, I've got a big thrill. I'm listening on my headphones going to work and I heard that I'm coming to get you, Barbara, from Night of the Living Dead. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> it's good, Dad. Like, it's good to have the, it's good, like you said, it's good to have the story, right? Um, mm. Even with a lot of the solos that Matt writes, like, um, you know, even through some of those, they, they, they do try and tell a story um, within the song, right? Mm. Um, do it going, you know, in and out of like speed and tempos and all that sort of stuff. To try and try and match what the what the song's about, right? It's pretty cool. Yeah, and now I have to say that's some great guitar work there, man. I genuinely, Thank really, you. really was impressed. Like, it's just, yeah, it, 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 I mean, that, I mean, it's a lot of fun, right? Yeah, I don't want to blow smoke up you, but I mean, I I'm a bass player, so guitar. One of my watch guitar, noodle away. It always is something special, like, and um, I've just sort of the the mix on the album is so good. Where where did you mix it? Brilliant. Brilliant. No, it's, it's good to hear. I mean, I guess there's a long story behind the album in the fact that, um, oh, look, I mean, where, where do we start, right? So we, we recorded this thing. We recorded this album. We're calling it a new release, but we recorded the album, what do you reckon, Sean, 15, 16 years ago? Something, yeah. like, something along those lines. Wow. And um, anyway, the, the band essentially broke up at that point of finishing the recording. So... We all went off and, and did different things and, um, you know, I guess, you know, we'd probably come into some of those things in a bit, but um, it's all sort of coming full circle now where everyone's everyone's talking again. We've decided to release the album on, you know, Spotify and iTunes and, and the like and make a little video clip, put that up on YouTube and, and really start to try and push the album and start jamming again. And it's really exciting, mate. It's, um, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun. I think that's brilliant because it doesn't sound 15 years old. I don't know. It doesn't, man. It awesome. really sounds fresh. Um, I listen to a lot of bands like Heads for the Dead and things like that, sort of that horror-themed stuff yeah. in Europe. And uh, it sounds on par with that stuff, man. It's really – it's real fun to listen to, and it's got – it's got. A, it doesn't sound 15 years ago. It really doesn't. It doesn't have that – you know that early 2000s had an issue with the sounds really quite bland and flat? It doesn't have yeah. that deal at all. Yeah. No, guys... it, it, it's, it's good to hear, mate. Like, we put, I mean, we, at the time, I think um, probably one of the reasons the band broke up is because we were doing so much at that point. We were, you know, we'd rehearse for six hours a night, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. We'd gig on the weekends and we were recording as well. And, um, you know, it just kind of got to a point where everyone was cooked, to be honest. And, uh, just as the, just as the album was finished, we all kind of got to a point of um, well, I think there was a there was a couple of things there. There was, you know, um, you went, I don't know Sean. Uh, he he went and did some travelling at one point, um, and when he came back, the rest of the band there was arguments within the band. There was, um, you know, arguments with the uh, the guy that was producing the album and other bits and pieces. And rather than just probably making the smart choice of saying, well, why don't we, why don't we suspend this for, you know, three months and then we come back to it when Sean's back and we're all, you know, we've all got a fresh, uh, fresh headspace, we kind of disbanded. And, um, you know, it's, a, it, it's, it's probably, a, probably a bit of a shame looking back, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's to, to be kind of picking where we left off any is 15 years ago. Yeah, look, sorry, Sean. And I'm pretty proud of it as well. I mean, like, even listening to it now, like you said, you know, it actually 
the, the quality the, the, of the recording, um, I think because we did have a bit of arguments with the producer, like at the time we sort of went, oh, well, it's a bit, it doesn't sound as good as I wanted it to or whatever the case is. But then when you, even when you listen to it now, like you said, you sit there going, that actually doesn't sound too bad. Like it wasn't actually that bad. <laughs> yeah, but you know yeah. what though? <laughs> I mean, you're young men, um, you're passionate, you're, it's your first album, you want it, to, you know, we all know the story about Iron Maiden's first album, they don't like the sound of it. And most bands always fear the first album's gonna sound flat and it's their first foray into the world. And and I and I don't blame you for feeling that way. I mean, it's it's, it's passion, isn't it? I mean, you don't spend, like you said, 40 hours a week thinking, living, doing without wanting it to be the perfect, the best. If, if you just walked away and went, well, that's, whatever you give me is fine, then I don't think it would come across as, as it does, you know? It's a fair point, yeah. I, I mean, it, it was it was to a point, you know, I, I talked to a lot of our other friends that are in bands and, and they don't jam or practice as nearly as much as we did. Like not even close, and we sort of thought it was natural. We thought we were under jamming, you know. We were under, <laughs> you know what I mean. We, we sort of thought, well, I don't think we're jamming enough. I don't think we're putting enough effort into this, you know. And we're a lot of these bands, you know, they might jam, you know, once or twice a week at best, right? We were we were just hammering it. Um, so it's interesting to sort of, you know, come from like an outside perspective to that, right? But that's but that's why it comes sure. across that way. It really does. From a, from my ear, it doesn't sound. I mean, I would have said that was your third or fourth album. I would not have said that was your first album that you recorded. I wouldn't. I would have gone, yeah, okay, that's. Where's your other work? And I, at one point, I did actually go and look for it because I thought, oh, there might be others because I thought this is <laughs> this is so good. Uh, Where's you, the other you, stuff? You look out and look, you might find a couple of very crusty demos. <laughs> 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 I'll, t- I'll tell you how, how hard you got to look, mate. I had to I had to look myself to try and find something because it had been so long, and um, ended up finding on uh, what's the website called? Not SoundCloud, is it? Uh, nah, um, Metal Archives. Right? Oh, Metal Archives. Metal Archives. Yeah. Yeah. I actually found a uh, uh, singer, Richard Clements. I, I was looking for his band and I found his band and in there it says previous bands, The Burning, and I click on The Burning and um, it opens up with a little profile and it says we had we were signed to a record label, which we weren't to my knowledge anyway. So um, <laughs> you go to there and you can see there's another link to say buy The Burning's music and sure enough, you click on it and it, take, it took you to eBay and it found our demo. So I had to pay 30 bucks for my own demo. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to, it's funny because I was talking to Tony, um, um, Tony from, um, you know, Black Sabbath, um, Tony Martin one of my heroes, and he said the same thing. Like, his album, which is my favourite album of all time, which is, uh, you know, um, Headless Cross, he can't even get a copy of it. He can't, and he, it, he right. you know, he, but he yeah. sang on the thing. So. Yeah. Oh, well, from there, mate, we all got sending each other messages and, and pictures and, and bits and pieces, you know, from, from, from the old days. And um, I was reminded that we actually recorded a second demo. So, I mean, that just shows how shot my memory is from the good times we had back in the day. Right? So we, we, we had two demos. The, the other, so the one I bought on eBay was uh, Demon Resurrection. Yeah. Um, and then we had uh, The Dead Will Rise as well, which I yeah, literally good. scored a copy of that yesterday from a mate. Yeah. So I've got to go and have a good listen to The Dead Will Rise and, uh, and see, see what differences I can pick up on that. It's, but it's brilliant reliving it all, man. Because the other thing that I picked up, yeah, a DVD that I mean, Sean doesn't even know I've got this yet, I don't think, but picked up a DVD that we had recorded uh, at a gig at the castle. 
and just like the crowd in this thing is just insane to watch. There's backflips, front flips, there's people grabbing each other around the neck and dropping each other. It was oh, it was an awesome time, man. It was a really awesome time. And yeah, I'd give anything to go back and relive that again. So maybe that's what all part of this is, right? Oh yeah, I mean, it's obviously there's water under the bridge, right? And you've grown up and you've, sure. you've got more technically adapt. You've got more more life experience, and you choose different. You know, it might be different next time, you know. So, yeah. Oh, it, it was it was raw, man. Like you look at this, you look at the footage of this gig, and I'll, I'll get it uploaded so you can have a you know have a look at it soon. But um, even even to the point where like you, you could see the songs that had so much work put into the songs themselves, but the execution of the night. I think the singer Richard he says at one point that we've um, we had we hadn't jammed for a month because we were recording. And he even said the album will be out soon. And here we are talking about that 15 years later, right? <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's a couple of songs like Thy Will Be Done that start with that clean section and then move into the heavier riffs and, you know, with the distortion. Um, obviously, that unprepared for the gig when we rocked up that I haven't even got a foot switch. So Richard's there at my amp, press, pressing the button to go from clean to distortion on stage, you know? That's uh, the sort of professional outfit we wear back then, eh, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> uh... That's rock and roll for you, man. I mean, it wouldn't be the it same. Just, it was just real, man. It was like there was no pretentiousness with the band. That's it was, right. It was four best mates, and um, you know, well, it, it was it was three best mates and a drummer at first, and eventually that uh, that that drummer quit, and we got Sean. And when Sean came in, we had four best mates, and you know, all of his friends that came in and and joined with our friends, and everyone was just like. This was the piece that had been um, and it, yeah, it was brilliant, man. We a uh, couple of really good years there. Brilliant, so, no, did you, fantastic. So before Sean came in, did you all meet at school, or were you just like? The, good question, eh? So me and uh, me and Richard, we actually met queuing up overnight for Pantera tickets back in the day. <laughs> back when you actually had to queue up overnight to get decent yeah. tickets. Yeah. So that, that's how we met. And he said he was a singer. I said I was a guitarist. And um, I was there with a friend that, that sort of knew him. And then a couple of days later, I said to him, is there any chance you could get hold of him? And, you know, if, if you know him, then we'll tee up a jam. And sure enough, we teed up a jam. He knew a bass player and I knew a drummer. Um, the, the, the drummer that we had, I guess, at the time, bless him, he was, uh, he was from a family that was very heavily religious. Oh. And I wouldn't say like I wouldn't say any of us are devil worshippers by any means, but um, by the same by the same token, I think him and his family were very torn with this whole like you know uh, heavy metal and what heavy metal represents and the sat satanic the panic. point where he kind of rebelled against his family as as a young man and um, you know he was driving a HZ panel van with a massive deer side sticker across the back. <laughs> and, uh, it was. It was obviously him rebelling against his family and it kind of got to a point where I think he pushed it too far. He felt bad and he ended up he ended up leaving the band. He couldn't, oh. he couldn't do it. He was, he was torn too much. And, you know, as, as much as that sucked at the time, for the band, it was probably the best thing that could happen because we got Sean. Yeah, right? there you go. So, so there's, always a, there's always an upside, yeah. right? There is. There is, yeah. At, at the time, it was kind of hard and we tried to, you know, talk him out of it and let him know he's family were fucking nuts and um but you know family's family right you're always going to stick with family so yeah. um yeah so so that's what he did and uh like i say to be honest it was probably the best thing that could happen 
and you all come from the same sort of obviously with the same sort of musical tastes like uh, coming together in the in the band like did you have a, a one particular band that you all sort of look up at or was it all really eclectic that's what made it easy when we're writing songs like everyone everyone has a pretty similar liking to, to the music right so I can't remember a time where any of us sort of said, nah, that riff sucks, or that vocal pattern sucks, or those drums suck, but it was all pretty, it, yeah. it was all, we all like Pantera, we all like White Zombie, um, Maiden, all that sort of stuff, right? So it, it was all kind of like a, a, a you know, a, a match of those sorts of bands. Um, just, you know, the, the the fact that we, we always wanted a solo in a song, whether it be like a, a short one or whatever, you know, that, that sh we just represented, yeah. we thought that, that still needs to be represented, right? Mm. Um, uh, we only wanted one guitarist. We don't, you know, you don't want, we, like, you know, that sort of style where it was like um, just Dimebag wailing uh, in his in, in Pantera solos, all that sort of stuff, right? Really loved mm. that feel of metal. Yeah. And, um, you know, nothing nothing too crazy, nothing too technical, um, just catchy sort of riffs and catchy catchy lyrics and all that sort of stuff, right? I think that yeah. was where we sort of, we were wanting to head, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, it comes across. I'm listening to Nat soloing, and the, I mean, honestly, I mean, don't get, I don't know if this, this would be a, be a big up, but I actually thought of Zach Wild, man. I was listening to your. Yeah, <laughs> mate, I knew I, you'd I, love that one. I knew you'd love that. <laughs> right. I'll take that time. Oh man, that your use. Hey, we're going to come back on every week if you're going to keep talking like that, man. <laughs> your 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 pinch harmonics, man. Like the way that you play with them at the end of every at the end of every phrase there, and one of those I think it was it out tracks. I had to stop and listen to it. Like I rewind and listen, rewind and listen, rewind and listen. I was like, this guy, he could. What good control, man? And that's. I thought, oh man, because I saw Zach years ago um, with. Black Label Society, and it blew my mind. Like, just the guy's a fucking legend. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, he, he really owns a guitar, that, that man. Mate, doesn't he? Far out. I saw him in Black Label Society <coughs> when they came through Perth, and I just remember this, like, you know, looking up at the stage and just seeing this massive man that made a Gibson Les Paul that big. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, it, it was just this tiny little guitar on this massive man, and watching him with those pinch harmonics was just yeah. unreal. I know, and he came. He came out. I remember when I saw him. He came out. And he had the he had the Indian headdress on, and and I thought, man, you couldn't get away with it. You, like, <laughs> like, how are you doing it? He just came on. He started yeah. dancing. He's got the. I thought this guy's just, man, groove. He has such a, a, a groove. With massive Pantera fans, like you know, with the whole Pantera reunion, like you know, and I guess a lot of the metal world's pretty split on whether or not that should be happening or not. I think I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sort of a little bit against it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I get that, right? Like, and I was at first as well. But you know, when you look at the fact that, like, you know, Zach Wild and Dimebag were friends. He was at his funeral. He played. Yeah, at his he was. Funeral, like all yeah. those things that kind of tie into a personal relationship as well. It just makes you feel like, well, he, he's the right man for the job. And as much as I kind of didn't agree with it at first, I've got to admit. If, if that show came to Perth, I'd be I'd be queuing oh, up overnight. For I'd be, if it only came to Perth, I'd be flying to Perth. So so many people are against it, but you'd go. Everyone would go, man. Like I was yeah. this close going yeah, to the US just to watch it. So 
It's it's one of those yeah. weird things. It's like it's like when you've got a favourite band and one either dies or leaves and then they keep going. Like I'm a really big Thin Lizzy fan, but there's like one of them left. And they keep trawling it out. It's like Queen. I mean, I I just you know. <sighs> I just don't get it. Yeah. But 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 if you can know, do it right? with respect it was, and reverence, it was Queen word to be picking up a frontman from what was it, American Idol, right? Like, yeah. I mean, the guy does a, the guy does a great job, no doubt, you know, and he's a fantastic singer. But it's like it's just so commercial, bonded oh, to something so classic. It is exactly exactly how I feel, and that's why I won't go. Like when they come up now, interested, not doing it. Um, you know, I, I saw Priest with. Um, with uh ripper owens and you know he was brilliant i thought he was fantastic it wasn't priest but it was it was you know still yeah. an amazing concert just like i saw um yeah. what's his name with maiden once when bruce left and i didn't dislike it i, I i've only just started like listening to the albums to be honest with you <laughs> so it's 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 interesting like i, I struggle yeah. to listen to sepultura without max right i really yeah. struggle with it and I don't know why, I just don't know why. I still love Sepultura and I, I like Soulfly. Well, I like I liked earlier Soulfly and all that sort of stuff, but mm. I just can't seem to get into the Sepultura without Max. You know, it's I think it's the sound that you just expect um, yeah. to it have. And, yeah. and it also depends on yeah. when it comes into your life. If it comes into your life when you're in an informative period of your life, it's very difficult then to separate that because you go, oh, look, I just spent this, like 10 hours a day listening to this band and now it's someone else. I can't, I can't do it. You know? <laughs> feel like a child, eh? Like throwing the, throwing the like, toys out of the car. Like, yeah. No, I'm not listening to this. Yeah. I'm not buying that bloody made now without Bruce, you know. That. <laughs> but secretly, you'll listen to it like that. <laughs> you know? Of course. Sign of the Cross is one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> but so you obviously, as I said at the beginning of the show, so you're horror movie fans, right? Yeah. Now, I'm of, a, of an age where I remember video nasties being my big thing, right? Going to the video store as a kid and getting stuff that was unrated, unregistered, you know, watching as much nasty stuff as I could ever get my hands on. And, <laughs> I, and I remember being, I remember, I remember getting um, from the UK, uh, when I was in the UK, my brother used to import Australian videos because they were, you could get like blood sucking freaks uncut. And, and Dawn of the Dead with no edits and <laughs> all this sort of stuff. And when I put your yeah, album yeah, on, a yeah, yeah, it yeah. just brought me back, right back to sitting in my lounge room with my big, huge VHS machine playing Cannibal for Ox, you know. Awesome, man. <laughs> it was really awesome. nice. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Brilliant. I think, I yeah, think I mean, a lot of that, like, horror movie influence came out of, so, in, in particular, probably um, Richard. So, like, you know, we, we'd go out either to watch other bands or we'd have our own gig and then typically, like, you know, we'd obviously be wasted and, you know, end up falling out of a cab back at his his joint, like, walk, walking into his place with, like, um, you know, like those microwave burgers that you can buy from yeah. uh, 7-Eleven. Uh, you know. Yeah. Annihilating yeah. a couple of those on his couch in, at, at his place and then watching, you know, Brain Dead or Army of Darkness, and oh, you know, waking up in the morning going, I got an idea for the song. Where's your guitars? You know, like, where's your guitar? Pulling yeah. his guitar out from under his bed and starting to write a, write a song with a hangout of the first thing in the morning with a, a memory of, you know, Ash versus Evil Dead. <laughs> Brilliant, oh. man. And, you know, and, and guts full of plastic burgers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and really bad, and really bad, lots of bad beer. Like, <laughs> well, let's have a bad oh, beer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or, or the, war, the, the warm beer that you had left over from the night before that's still oh. sitting there, and it's like, well. <laughs> yeah, and you've looked over it, and there's a cigarette button, and you go, oh, I still could go there. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, yeah. Here with, here with the dog, right? Did he go, go, I remember. I remember. Um, we. I was in this punk band, really bad. To, to life me, I can't remember the name of it. I think we were called Spots or, or something shit like that. And we'd been out. We'd been out to see. Um, a punk band. You, you can never start a conversation with. I was in a really good punk band. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you've got to start really. off with it was. It was I love punk. Terrible man. No, we're, we're not technically proficient, right? But I went to see this band called um, my mate's band, Chumbawamba. Do you remember Chumbawamba? I get knocked down. Yeah. Like, you know, anyway, yeah. and we were backstage. You know, really getting lathered, and my mate started making a pass on one of the support band's wives, and we got kicked out. Right, I had no money, yeah. no way of getting home. It was in Camden Town. I had to walk from Camden to fucking Hendon, which was like fourteen miles, and I was absolutely like pissed. I mean, I didn't know where I was, like what planet I was on. He goes, "Come and stay at my place," which is literally like just around the corner. I thought, "Oh fuck, all right, just waddle there." And it turns out it was his granddad's house, right? So we're in his granddad's yeah. house, sleeping on the sleeping on the floor. Suddenly, at two in the morning, the door gets kicked in. These coppers run in, up against the wall. My arms against <laughs> the wall. I've been patted down. The old man's been patted down. My mate Will's been patted down. Turns out that his next door neighbour had been using this old man's phone to, to order drugs, and they just traced it to this <laughs> old man's phone. So yeah, literally, right. literally the next morning. All Will said to me was, I've got an idea for a song. <laughs> I'm like, is that what you're thinking? I'm sitting here just almost pissing myself with, like, I'm going to get arrested, and you've got an idea for a song. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, man. Oh, the good times, eh? I, I remember one night we've come back from, we've come back from a gig, and um, I've, got, I've got dropped off by this taxi at a girl's house that I was seeing at the time and I've gone to go and knock on the front door and it's like three in the morning she lived with a mum and I'm like nah it's a bad idea I'll walk to a mate's place instead I've started walking to a mate's place that was like one main street in the suburb over and I got halfway and I was knackered and I remember just like trying car doors to see if some, someone's car door was open so I could have a kip in the car and the first car that I found did, right? So I've fallen asleep in a panel van that's parked on the side of the road, right? And But instead of being intelligent and sleeping in the back of a panel van where it's all nice and flat, I've slept across the front seat with a handbrake stuck in my back. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, sure enough, this poor bloke gets up to go to work in the morning, right? And he opens the back doors of his panel van to, to put his paint tins in, right? So he can get, so he can load up, load up his car to head off to bloody work and um he, he looks in the car and i wake up and i look over the back of the seat and he looks at me and he goes english fellow and he goes who the fuck are you <laughs> and just, i didn't know what to say man i'd just woken up i felt like dog shit i wasn't there to steal anything i was literally just having a kit because i was wasted and i, I looked at him and i said oh this isn't my car is it <laughs> and he goes what the fuck are you not <laughs> And I've quickly got out of his car and I'm in a bang gear all dressed up. 
I've like started walking, started walking back down the road to get away from him, get away from him. And he's just standing there on the curb holding his two paint tins, looking at me like, what, what? Like, have, have I just been wrong? Like, who's this, who's this clown? But it's That's just, a pretty yeah, tap moment, man. This is something that's happened, man. I think we were just all, yeah, at the time, just drunks and party animals. And it was just epic fun, right? Like every weekend was another story. That's right. I mean, did you talk predominantly your side of the country, or did you get around a bit? Or no, we we did one tour. We did we did one tour over on the east side where um, uh, Motley Crue, Motley Crue came to Australia and they weren't coming to Perth. And we said, oh, sorry, no, they weren't coming to Perth. But I think in Perth they just did the Blackjack Festival. They didn't do their own show. Yeah. So we went. What we did is we organised our own show in each city so that we could play. Say, for example, on the Friday, play in Brisbane, and on the Saturday night, we go watch crew. And then, the oh. next, then we'd fly down to Sydney and then we'd do the same thing. And then we'd fly to Melbourne, we'd do the same. So we did a little tour of the uh, little tour of the East Coast. Oh, maybe really? just to leverage the whole um, Motley Crew were playing so we could go and watch them every night. Oh, I didn't see them when they came with uh, when they came with Motorhead. Can you remember that? That's the one. I was yeah, it. That was the one. I didn't go, yeah. and I was so pissed because you know Motorhead. Fuck, I've never seen Motorhead, right? Let me. And oh yeah, like he's gonna live forever, and he dies. And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, I, <laughs> you know. I shouldn't laugh. Should I? Yeah, he, no. he was like another Keith Richards, wasn't he? Someone that should, he, he will never die. Oh, I, I I thought he was pickled. Like you know, he's not going anywhere. It's like um, I had a I had offered a ticket to go and see uh, Dio with uh, Heaven and Hell. And I went, oh, no, I can't. I've got a job interview tomorrow night, I, I, tomorrow morning. I can't go to that, right? Um, I didn't get the job. I didn't go. Dio dies a week later. It's like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> you know, no. you, you can't yeah. make it up, can you? No, that's <laughs> right. Like when Gary Moore went, when Gary was, I'm a huge, massive Gary Moore fan. When Gary Moore died, I just, I couldn't go to work. I was I was like, yeah, no, no, if I'm going home. I just played his albums all day. I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> I'm not, I can't come in today. <laughs> I can't, I can't come. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. You have those days, don't you? With, with, you do, um, you do. When, when Dave Lombardo left Slayer, I know me and a mate of mine, we were, we, we were gutted the first time he left, right? Yeah. We were absolutely gutted and we, we spent the day, you know, sort of commiserating and listen, listening to his records. And then uh, and obviously, um, oh, what was the album called? Paul Bostaff's first album. Oh, bloody hell. Now you're pushing me, my memory. <laughs> it's not, yeah. not the God can stop the... Oh, um... I can picture the album, I just can't think. Divine yeah. Intervention, yeah? Yeah. I think it's Divine, Divine Intervention. That's and he one. starts off with Killing Fields and that drum solo. So yeah. me and me mate got back together just to celebrate the new drummer. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, wow. You know, epic. I was just at the show earlier that I saw... Um, Slayer with Megadeth oh, about 10, 15 years ago in Sydney, and there was three bands on the on the bill, and everyone yeah. was drinking in the bar. I got a few too many shandies in me. I thought the support act was still on. I turned around, everyone's gone. I'm waiting there, still drinking. Ten minutes, I walk in, it's bloody Megadeth's on. I, <laughs> 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 oh, oh, shit. Yeah, brilliant, man. But man, Dave on that that gig, man, he almost knocked me over, man. I was dead centre in front of his kit at the yeah. front row, and that that double kick, man, is just it's yeah. unbelievable. 
Yeah. I've never I've never seen them live. Good show, eh? Oh mate, I've seen them live on every tour. I saw them on every tour until they just the, the last one would download. So right, brilliant. There was a sort of a year or two in between where I was raising young children. I didn't go, but up to that point, we did good every gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were my band, really. Yeah, along with Deicide, uh, they were the band that I felt the most, um, the most aggressive. You know, there's always, I mean, always aggressive music. But I, I listen, I listen to your podcast where you talk about, um, you know, the origins of death metal and, and yeah. Deicide, and I think you said he burnt. An upside down cross into his head on stage or something yep. like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and just that that next level of extreme, isn't it? Oh, it is, man. I mean, Glenn Benton. I mean, there's stories where he would chuck, um, apparently sit at the bike like in the swamps where he lives and chuck kittens to crocodiles and stuff. You know, I mean, yeah. this is the stories. I mean, stories. Yeah, as you do. Why not? You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could go to the park and go down the slide or something, but no. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, kids, what are they doing with the kittens? No. Um, yeah, no, I, as I said on that show, right, I had that experience where, man, I went in there and uh, it was the chicken wire fence and they're just chucking fucking pig's right, trot yeah. and innards and shit. And it was just, it was madness. <laughs> you know, um, the other band I've I've seen, I felt that it was not unsafe, but I didn't really, was, was um, Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse was a, a it was yeah. a certain edge to it, you know. I didn't like. Yeah, did you reference the road support them when they toured uh, in Perth, which I, I thought yeah. was a, I was pretty happy with that. Um, they played one of the yeah. one of the gigs that um in in the city, and um we got the opportunity to to open up for them, and and it was, it was an honour. Like don't get me wrong, like it's it's Cannibal Corpse, it's Cannibal Corpse, right? It is what yeah. it is. Um. And it was just like it was it was carnage like, at the end of the night. It absolutely. Oh was. mate, it was. I was. Yeah. I started at the front. I was at the Sydney Roundhouse. I mean, we started at the front, and within about I don't know twenty minutes in, I was at the back. Man, I couldn't take it. it, it, it yeah. I, I'm pretty. And I'm pretty good like that. I was like, nah, this is nasty. Uh, I'm gonna stand at the back. He's <laughs> uh, it, a genuine it, nice guy. But, but, oh mate, I'm sure they're fantastic people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, you've got to chuck. See, you there. We go, right? You you say you you know you say that but you've got to bloody open for Cannibal Corpse. That's fantastic, right? Oh, we we were, we were doing all right just before we broke up, and that, that's the problem. Like I say, we um, we we borrowed some money, um, recorded uh, an album that's you know hopefully people that listen to your show go and listen to it and they can make their own mind up. But you know what what we were really proud of. Um, we were supporting Cannibal Corpse. Uh, things were probably all moving sort of in the right direction, but they were moving in the right direction because we were working so hard and we were, like I say, we were rehearsing 18 hours a week. We were gigging, you know, if we could every weekend, plus writing new material and, mm. um, you know, trying to promote the band as well. And, I, think that's, um, I think that's probably one of the hardest things, isn't it? Self-promotion and a small, small band self-promotion. Yeah. Hey. yeah. Yeah. And it's one of the most important too, right? If if you if you want to make a success of it, you have to promote your album. Like you can't, you have to promote your 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 gigs. You have to promote your album. You have to, um, you like market yourself to a degree. And it's typically what musicians don't want to do. Not none of us are interested in the the business side of things. We we're interested in getting together with your mates and you know. Smoking a few cigarettes, drinking a few VBs, and you know, playing a few good songs, and you know, yeah, smashing think, a plastic uh, burger from BP at the end of the night, you know, like that was <laughs> that was 
that was what we lived for, you know, and then there's that other side of the business that that was probably what was the next thing for us was to really start trying to promote it and trying to get this album out and hopefully to a label and, um, and to do something with it. And I think at that point there, we were just completely and utterly cooked. And it was the, the smartest thing that we could have done at that point would have been to take three months off, everyone to take three months off. But we didn't make that decision. We, we, um, we basically said, well, while Sean's traveling, we're not going to replace the drummer. Um, I was in another band. I got in another band after that. It was pro probably more of a rock and roll type band. Um, the, the singer, he, he, I mean, Richard, he stayed the course and he's done some brilliant things with, uh, with different bands. And I don't know if you know Action, Tony, but yeah, um, Action are doing really well at the moment. So that, that's Richard, um, the, the singer for, for those guys. Oh, fantastic. Awesome things for, for himself. Um, and I guess the rest of us now are, you know, are looking at piecing back to back together what we can. And, um, yeah, like I say, it's, it's been a lot of fun piecing it back together and, you know, getting hold of all the old footage, getting hold of all the old recordings, remembering all those accomplishments that you had along the way and going, you know what, we, we feel like we really had something there. So, you know, hence getting in touch with yourself and, and starting that promotion piece that we, uh, that, that yeah. we didn't do the first time around. I suppose, yeah. It's weird because you know when when we were sort of gigging around and playing all the music, there wasn't, you know, we didn't we didn't have the luxury of I guess you know the online online media, right? We just didn't have that. So promoting your own band with zero budget, um, <laughs> without social media, yeah. is it's pretty difficult, right? It's it's really yeah. hard. I mean, unless you're you specialised in that or you can throw some cash at it or you know someone who knows someone who knows someone or whatever it is, right? It was pretty hard then, right? Um, now I think we've got the opportunity, uh, not saying it's easy to make it in the music world because now it's 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 hard either way, right? Whether you're there yeah. or now, it's hard no matter what. But th there's so many more platforms, there's forums and there's platforms where we have the ability to, you know, to, to you know, just do that sort of stuff now. And I think, you know, that's, that's exciting for us, you know, <laughs> Me and Nat have been talking about this heaps, just going, mate, this is really exciting again. You know, we're all back in Perth. We're all able to maybe jam whenever we can, and we can throw this stuff on Spotify. We can throw this stuff on media. You know, this is really cool. But yeah, yeah. I, I think it's brilliant because, let's be honest, you know, 15 years ago, without social media, this country is a vast land. You know, it really is. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, it's so big. And, <laughs> and Perth, and you're, it's such almost like a different world over cool. there. Um, and so now you can be global without leaving your lounge room, right? Yeah. And I think that's I think, I think that's the I mean that's okay. Like I have this issue with that when it's um, I call them you know um, bedroom warriors. You know they make shitty music in their bedroom and pump it out, right? But when it's a different thing, when it's the product is as good as your product, the quality that's coming out there. Like I mean, who did the artwork for the album? I actually couldn't tell you. It was organised through Rich. Richard did it. it was the guy that did the Day of the Dead comics, but I couldn't. I, like, I'd love to actually give you his name, but do you know Sean? Yeah, no. Richard, Richard um did quite a lot of it, right? Because he's a pretty good artist. Yeah. Um, I, I know he yeah, so he pretty much. Richard pretty much did all the artwork for all the demos, and um, yeah, he did like right? everything other than that front cover for uh for for the Living Dead. That was done by a guy that he got in touch with that did the Day of the Dead comics. Um, oh wow! And 
thinking, oh, we can't afford this, man. And the guy basically did it almost as a love job. And we got this incredible piece of artwork back that, um, well, like I say, you know, I call it incredible, but, you know, let your listeners go and have a look for themselves. And, um, yeah, but, you know, something, something that we were really impressed with and we just said, that's it. It wasn't one of those, can we change this? Can we put that person there? Can like, it was yeah. just like, yes, thank you. High five, it's, we'll take it's it. So, it so reflects the quality of the art, the music. It's really polished. Like, I mean, I I see so many album covers coming through these days. I love a bit of these homemade thrash albums. They're great and they're fun. But yeah, cool. they, they are, they do look like you, you, your uncle drew them, right? Like this sort of is really, you know, it's got a little and meaty like to now it. Now that's kind of, a lot of it's been overtaken with all this AI stuff too, but like that's got a specific look in itself where like you can kind of tell that AI is, been given a command and it's populated some artwork and here's the artwork for the album yeah so like, yeah what, one thing i really do love about that cover for our album is you can tell that someone has put pen to paper and started yes. drawing these zombies man and like yeah and they look like cool zombies <laughs> they are they, it's a very yeah. it's, i mean it look amazing on a t-shirt that's all i can say like for sure, for it, sure. It look fucking brilliant <laughs> yeah. yeah well when we get some shirts knocked up time we'll get make sure we get you sent one man Fuck it, absolutely, man. So, uh, do you, are you are you going to um, push it out with physical media, or is it only going to just be in the digital realm for this this particular album? Oh, I'd, I'd love to. So, I mean, talking about like uh, Richard and Ashen and some of the things that they do, the the, the mate's house that I was around the other day that um, that gave me, you know, some some of the copies of of, of our stuff that I don't have anymore. Um, he he said, "Have you seen this?" And he pulls out the vinyl um for ashen's vinyl and he puts that on and it just sounded incredible and it looks so fucking cool as well just seeing Doesn't that it? record just yeah. seeing richard's stuff on something so you know um so polished and you know so professional and uh like the sound quality that comes off vinyl as well you know talk about your podcasts you know yeah. what you talked about the other week with the um you know the vinyl pressing issues yeah i know it's taken him I think he said his newer album, it's taken a year, um, sitting there waiting to be printed on vinyl. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's just still so hard to wait for. It sounds so cool. So, yeah, man, I'd absolutely love if we can If we get to that point where we're actually producing the physical copies and we can smash out some vinyls, like 1,000%. I think it'd be brilliant because there is the, the – I mean, don't get me wrong, I love having to be able to take my phone with me and listen to my music, uh, you know, and put it on whenever I need it. But there's, as you know about my podcast, I, do, I have my music room. I sit here, I put my records on, and it really you you just become one with the music. It it makes you have to be there with it. Um, and I think that artwork would look fantastic yeah. on a nice cake. I, I still buy vinyl. I still buy. I buy Richard's vinyl. I buy uh, even even just when when I'm when you're walking around, you know, and you see a limited edition like Pantera, Far Beyond Driven, but yeah, oh, I've got to have that. I have that, man. And, you know, and you and you <laughs> listen to it, and you do listen to it, and man, it does sound different, eh? Like, no it matter what you say. And yep. whilst digital is amazing and 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 has come up in the world, there's nothing beats vinyl, and it really doesn't. Okay. And like my vinyl collection is getting bigger than my CD CD collection and all that, that sort of stuff, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just the way it I, is. I haven't bought a CD in I don't know 15 years. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't tend to. Um, no, but you can't even you know you, when you buy a car, you can't even play it in the car anymore. They don't they don't even come with CD players. So I know it's like 
what would have been, I probably would have been 18, maybe 17 or 18. And I did a sound engineering course when, you know, you're trying to figure out what the fuck you're going to do with your interests, <laughs> you know, when you leave school to, you know, for, to make some money one day. And I remember him talking about, so like with digital production, so the someone listening might call bullshit on this, but this is my memory of it anyway, but <laughs> you, you're, you're hearing ranges from, is it 20 hertz to 20, is it kilohertz or? Yes. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. From somewhere 20, in that, yeah. From 20 to 20, that's the, the human hearing range. So in digital realm, everything outside of that gets cut so that they're not wasting any space, any data, and they're just putting what they needed to on a, on a CD or now obviously online. Whereas yeah. with vinyl, all of those sounds that you can't hear actually go into the track, into the vibration of that needle. Exactly. So, so it's all of those things that you can't hear that then interact with the sounds that you can that yeah. give it that extra warmth and like i don't know how much of that's like placebo for me but like when i listen to you know um when i listen to ashen and i listen to those guys on uh you know spotify for example and then listening to it coming through that vinyl and it's just like that's the shit man like it is it is fucking cool i, I remember something so different about it yeah i remember i saw slayer um it did. Uh, was the Reign of Blood tour? I think around that time. Yeah, what a tour! <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, oh, no, I'll tell yeah. you a story about that. I'll tell you a story. It's true, right? So it was at Hammersmith Odeon. If you ever get a chance to go there, it's now called the uh, fucking Apollo something shit. I think I've been. I think I saw Slash's Velvet Revolver there. That yeah, was at Hammersmith something. Yeah, that would be it. So when you come to the train station, turn left, it's right at the end of the road. You can't miss it, right? And there's, when you when you go in the front, there's two sets of stairs, like it's an old cinema, right, an old theatre. And um, I was in with my mate, and we got in to see. We, we I can't even remember who yeah, was that's supporting. The one. That's the one I put in, yeah. Yeah, I think the helmet was supporting. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the fuck, they just it, it was like wall to wall rage. These fans just went at each other, and and I'm standing there, and I wasn't old enough to drink yet, like so I'm just got this coke. You know, <laughs> looking at these old metalheads just pump, and I thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna. Um, they were gonna sort of uh, like cancel the gig. I thought, oh, shit, this is going off. So me, my mate, we went upstairs and sat quietly in our seats and <laughs> waited for the thing to start. <laughs> but it was really crazy. But anyway, um, what I was gonna say is, I when I first I got Dead Skin Mask when I first heard that on, I first heard it on. CD, I think, the very first time I cut them out. Yeah. And um, but then I got it on vinyl one year, and I'm sitting there with the cans on. I thought, yeah. geez, man, I'm hearing things I didn't hear before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it was like, what, what? Yeah. This is particularly the drumming. It's, it's different. I think um, the, the greatest yeah. vinyl I've got is a, uh, I think it's um Iron Maiden Rock in Rio. Fantastic. So it's got like. It's got the the, the 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 vinyl itself looks incredible. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's live and it just set. There's something about it. The fact that they were able to get the sounds that they got live mm. onto this vinyl, like absolutely pisses on any other live C CD I've ever I've listened to ever. Oh, and it mate. it is just phenomenal, man. Phenomenal. Yeah, That's... I mean, I still I I still rate Live After Death as one of the greatest live albums of all time. So you know. Oh, like, yeah. It's um, you know, this for my maiden fan coming out of me, you know. <laughs> it is, right? Like it's, 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 
that and um, like, that that and um, Finn Lizzie's um, oh, bloody hell, skin late over here. I can't remember the name of the album now. What incredible musicians they were to play that gig as beautifully as they played it, right? Yeah. Live. Like that's not that's not a studio production. That's not ten takes of each riff. Yeah. Like you don't hear any mistakes. You hear all these improvised solos, but they yeah. all work. Like oh, it, it was just incredible. You hear the story about Steve Harris going straight into the van afterwards and spending all night listening to the the, the playback. Oh really? Yeah, no, yeah. Apparently, as soon as the gig finished, he went straight to the 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 because it was I think it was a was it a twenty four track? I can't remember. Anyway, and they go. He just sits in the van all night with the engineer just constantly replaying the gig over wow. and over and over yeah that's yeah. why he's who he is right he's he's the guy yeah yeah, yeah. but that's but that's yeah. a, that echoes very much back to you guys though because that's why the product that you've released is so good because you did what he does you you think thoroughly about the music and hard about where it sounds how to work on it it's not just a do it on your weekends and come whenever you you lived it and that's what comes that, across for all of us the day jobs came second at that point yeah yeah the amount, the amount, the amount of times that you, uh, I'd blow shifts or, you know, not, not, you know, rocking up late to work because of what we were doing, driving the band, the band was, the band was at 110% and everything else came a, a distant second. And, and you know, it was the right. same for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, truly, man, that's what I, it's something I look upon people like yourselves and I, I would sort of like, not jealousy, but like, awe because, I never really, even though I was in and out a few bands in my life, I never had the, I never had the belief like you guys had to make this product, like you know, or to just to do what you did. I used to go, ah, oh, yeah, no, that's a bit shitty. I might not, you know, you know, it's about self belief. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I think we we're lucky. Um, we, like I said, we, we all got along really well. Like we, we, we believed in the same music. We believed, you know, we had, even the same interests, man. Like we, we all got along really well, and we were just lucky enough to have that um time in our lives where we we all got stuck in a room together for you know six <laughs> to eight hours a day but you know it was actually really good like we we got along really well um i don't, you know, we, I don't like ever remember any arguments any arguments any arrogance like maybe yeah. there were and maybe it's a case of you know when you when you look back and you only remember the good times but literally i don't remember i don't remember any arguments amongst the band at all no. um you're very even lucky. When, even when we split up, there was no, there were no arguments. It wasn't like, you know, I can't fucking work with that guy anymore, and I'm sick of this guy's shit. It was, there was none of that stuff at all. Mm. It was, it was literally just burnout. And and yeah. It, so what do you, if you if you could go back in a time machine, like 15 years ago, and and persuade yourself to have that three month, yeah. Break, where do you think you would have gone? I mean, I don't want to make you look back and feel sad, but where would you have? Do you think you would have had? more albums out of you yeah yep definitely. definitely definitely i think i think if i could go back and speak to my younger self and say you know have have that three months off and you know everyone would be cool i think everyone would have been cool and um yeah we probably would have just picked up where we'd left off and just enjoyed the music like the the promotion thing you know what we're trying to do now with you know like pod Facebooks and whatnot like that obviously didn't exist at the time. No. So we probably would we, we probably would have gone down a, a different avenue of maybe speaking to some of the people that um, that we knew in the industry, like the likes of the guys that ran Soundworks, Sean. You know, like they mm. were really well connected. Um, 
uh, Sandworks touring agency that you're probably familiar with. You know, we knew those guys really well. We used we used to rehearse at their studio. They had Sandworks rehearsal studios. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Dyson that, uh, that that ran that company. They were, um, you know, we we were there with them for you know many hours a week. So it probably would have been a case of saying, you know, reach out to these guys and, and try and leverage some of, uh, of their knowledge and some of their contacts. And, um, you know, in the meantime, keep recording. I mean, we've got other songs that didn't make the album as well. So, you know, there's there's other songs that could potentially already go into an, an, another album. Um, and I think if we kept doing what we were doing, they probably would have made it because they, they weren't songs we didn't like. I think there was probably a, a key thing of wanting 13 songs on an album because it's that third horror 13 right like yeah 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 so you know we had what was the there was black death and slave to eternity and a couple of other tracks that are on those demos that were you know equally fit to to land as any of the other songs but i guess at the time we were being pretty brutal and saying now 13 is enough and one thing one thing i was thinking of the other day we actually recorded a um we actually recorded a hidden song for this album and that's loss and it oh, was no. basically like a blues. It was basically like a bluesy jam. So you'll notice if you listen to the album, there's two there's two tracks on there. There's Act One and Act Two, and they're like yes. recorded horror movie scenes that we did ourselves, right? So they're all our own voiceovers. That was my old BT Commodore with you know um, with a five liter in it that I used to love. That um, you know that's the first thing that you hear on the album, you know, and that's supposed to be the cop car that starts up to drive to investigate the zombies taking over the cemetery and. Um, where was it going with that? I've lost my train of thought, to be honest. You, had a, you said you had a, like a, a hidden, and you hear it. Yeah. So on the on the second on the second track, you can hear these uh, like the, the cops that are in the car. They're listening to the radio, and you can hear like a bluesy harmonica. Well, the hidden track was this bluesy riff with that harmonica on it. So that act oh, two yeah, was shit. always supposed to be playing that song. Do you remember oh, that short? Oh, oh fuck, man. <laughs> and it was, what about that it was Carpies, so Richard from Richard from Ashen, it was Carpies that was like, he was just wailing over the top of it saying, it's the end of the fucking album. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, shit. I don't, I don't do it justice, but yeah, like he's wailing over the top of that thing, singing, uh, it's the end of the album, go back to the start and do it again. And it was one of those tracks that at the end of, I think the last song on there's uh, Forever Burning. Yes. It was going to be one of those, you know, there's like two minutes of silence. And then at the end of that two minutes of silence, then the, the hidden track kicked in, which was what the cops were listening to on the radio on, on number eight. Holy so shit. there was a shitload of effort that went into that album. I think that was one of the arguments for the producers as well, which was like, we need that we need that track. And they're like, you're out of budget. And we're like, we're fucking out of money. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we got nothing, man. You're dealing with broke kids here that have put like, you know, we've borrowed money and we've put our heart and soul. Just, he's, we've lost him a second there. I think we lost him. Yeah, <laughs> I think Nat's broken a bit there. <laughs> Are you there, Nat? He's... <laughs> Are we back? Yeah, you're back yeah. now. There you go. <laughs> It's quality radio. All right. I don't know where that left off, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure you get the gist. Yeah, I do indeed. Yeah, man, I do indeed. That was good, man. Like, we we got a lot of uh, you know, a lot of people involved in the album. I thought that was the fun part of it. Yeah. You know, I got one of one of my mates that um, you know, he's he's Brazilian and he and he gets right into like bongos, Brazilian drumming. Yeah. We were like, man, on Serpent, do you want to come play some bongos in the album? Do you want to, you know, <laughs> and we, we set all these bongos up, and he 
he, he, he just goes nuts, man. He absolutely loves it. You know, and then we got a couple of other people to, in, like in witchcraft. Um, I was at a gig one time and uh, just with some friends and there was um, this rock band, heavy rock band, and it was, you know, there's, there's this female singer on. And I went, wow, she's got an incredible voice, absolutely incredible. When she when she finished the gig, I went, oh, we're, we're recording an album. It's about, you know, this this witch that, that gets burnt at a stake and stuff like that. Do you want to do you want to come and sing one of the, the choruses? And she goes, oh, I'm not sure. I was like, honestly, I think you'd be perfect for it. And it's, I remember, you know, Richard and that said, guys, I've, I've got the perfect, I've got the perfect person for this. Anyway, she comes down and she's pretty pretty nervous about singing these this this chorus. But you know, when you, when you look listen to it on the track, she just absolutely nails it, man. Like I I, I can't, I just love that that oh, song man, because you've got the, you've got yeah. you've got Richard singing the first bit, you know, from the from the point of view of the, the townspeople mm. and then you, and then she comes in and then she just absolutely nails it with the with the female vocals from the witchcraft you know the the witch's point of view and and she just and it's phenomenal yeah because i i googled her to try and find her richella is it or santella that's it and yeah and i got a picture because obviously you have she probably has a working life it was like a lawyer picture i thought is that her like i had to try and find yeah, it could be. I couldn't tell you what she's up to now. Um, I have I have sent her and some of the other. So since we've released the album, you know, like the cops in the car that are doing the talking, the, the girl yeah. on the dispatch. Um, there's a chick that does orgasms over uh, demon resurrection. That's well, it. The end. Like she, she, you know, all those people, all those like cool people that came in to do all that voiceover shit, like on the album. None of that sample. They all came in and, and did their own bit. And I've sent sent most of the messages to say, hey, look, this album. Apologies, it's fucking late, but it's it's finally out and it's available. <laughs> and um, and she never got back to us. So hopefully, oh. I don't know whether you know um, she's on the same number or uh, who, who knows. But she did an absolutely outstanding job, and you know, she like did. I'd say that'd be uh, that'd be one. I mean. To the point where I was looking for her. That's I was like, well, this, who is this one? Who is this woman singing? You know. So, <laughs> and considering she's never really done something like that before, mm. um, she 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 nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Yeah. And you know, what what the, the only regret I have is not having her continuing it throughout the rest of the song. Yeah. You know, like really bringing it. Yeah. Up. Yeah, because just like, just like your vocals on the choruses and all that sort of shit. Like yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh. and then that third verse, like if if she sang the third verse, I think you said this, Sean. Like if she sang that third verse in tandem with uh, with Richard for the third verse, so they both sang at the same time, singing the same lyrics, but I instead of they, like you know that that, yeah. that overlap. And if there was one recommendation I have then for your for your listeners, if if someone was going to come and check out this album, it's not my favourite song by a long way, but to to listen to Witchcraft, that second verse that she sings. Like well worth a listen. Just to yeah, hear yeah. That. And you had death metal vocals from a chick that did not look like someone that was coming in to perform that. We, but actually, when she came in, she she sang in the like all the vocals in a clean voice. And the rest of the band, we all looked at each other and went, "Nah, like yeah. <laughs> no, we wanted to scream this shit." And yeah. she did, and she really challenged herself. Well, uh, she might say she didn't, but I thought she might have been. But um, man, she she absolutely nailed it and it's it's a it's a brilliant part of the record it's something that if i'm showing new people you know like workmates or yeah. like friends and family or something it's like you've got to listen to this chick you know because yeah. 
because Richard's voice is fantastic. We haven't talked about this, but he's got a great voice, man. Like he oh, is really, he's he. I mean, the band is brilliant as a whole, but his voice, he, he really, he sort of nails it. Absolutely nails it. We, we always like, wanted, we, we wanted, we wanted a a metal voice. We did want a metal voice. Don't get me wrong, but I want to understand some of the lyrics as well. Like, yes, yeah, I, I want, I want. You, you know what I mean? Like, no, it, don't don't get me wrong. Cannibal corpses and your deicides and all that sort of stuff. Uh, napalms and all that awesome got and i've got nothing against him yeah. yeah. but i do want to understand some of the lyrics and i, I think I would, has, yeah. he, he's he, he's beyond a little bit of the glam metal that sort of lyrics of, obviously mm. but he, he he still has the growl you know the best thing about he, you he that is, line beautifully didn't he yeah, yeah. definitely the, the, just, the, and the that's sign of a man like the Oh, he's walked again. <laughs> that he brought to that recording really just speaks volumes as well. Yeah, I just thought, yeah, I'm just blown away by his vocal because again, you don't know. You see the album cover, you think, "What am I coming into here with this?" Right? So you put it on, and um, and I look. I was, I've just done the review for the latest Crypto album, and I love all that stuff. I really do. But there's sometimes we do want to hear what they're saying. You're absolutely right, Sean. There is a point yeah. where why bother writing this fantastic lyric? Uh, and a lot of it is pretty well written. You don't want to go, oh, 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 and you don't hear it. It's, it's, yeah, I get it's an instrument, and it is another instrument, just like guitar and drums and bass and everything. But sometimes it needs to be a little bit more clean. You don't always want dirty guitar. You do sometimes want some nice clean. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. I, I think I think the the middle ground is perfect. You know that's yeah. why people loved Pantera. You so can understand. Every, you can understand every word he says. Yeah, it's still a growl. It's still meaty. Um, you can still under you can understand it for sure. Um, okay. and that, they're the biggest bands in the world, right? And they've written, like you said, they've written a story. They're they're poets, okay? And they are whether you like it or not, they're poets, and they've got a story to tell. I can't write that shit, man. Like I, like, I can't, no. I can't write a song. Yeah. There's, there's, always, no, there's no, yeah. no way. Yeah. <laughs> so so why why should, like you said why shouldn't it be heard? Why why can't you do that, right? And and I think they. It, it sucks because a lot of the a lot of their stories don't get told or they don't get heard because yeah. people just automatically go, oh, fuck that, I'm not listening to that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, absolutely. I've got friends yeah. of mine that won't listen to it at all, even though musically it's brilliant. They go, oh, I can't, the singer just gives me the shits. I'm like, we'll push beyond it a bit sometimes. But, yeah, I get that. I get it. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, just just to give him another plug, like what I was going to say before was just, the professionalism that he brought to that album as a singer, like, you know, as, as much as we were all really focused and, you know, dedicated, like I said, you know, the borrowing, the money, the hours of rehearsals, the like endless time that we spent in that studio, like put, putting it out, we were still drinking and smoking and, you know, like, and doing all the normal shit bands do except him. Right. And he, he was a fucking cool guy that did all that shit with us normally. But when it came to recording and his instrument was his vocal cords, he turned up to the first session and he was drinking tea, right? <laughs> and we're like, like you probably appreciate this as a British man. Don't. <laughs> like, he's, he's got his flask of tea, right? And he, he's yeah. sipping away on that. Because beer for the vocal cords was no good for, for recording. Um, but tea was something that, like, opened up the larynx and did, you know, so he'd sit there and he'd drink himself like you know four pints of tea for a for for a recording session you know and I and you could really tell the difference when you when he get, went into that vocal booth and he had to do what he had to do 
and everything that came out, it was, again, it was those moments, like we said, with Rachelina, where she did the witchcraft stuff. Mm. Those moments where the rest of the band looked at each other and said, fucking hell, this guy can sing, you know, <laughs> which we yeah. obviously knew because we'd been in the band with him for that long. But listening to the quality of what came back on that record, it was just like, you know, we were all in awe of him, absolute awe of him and, and what he did for the band. Yeah, and, and and you know we're coming to the end of the of the of the chat, but I do want to say this that that's the thing that I'm surprised by this album. I'm genuinely surprised by it, mate, guys. And I really know. I don't want to say because you're sitting in front of me, but I mean it genuinely. Um, you know, I hear Thank a you. lot of I hear a lot of music in my life. I mean, you know, to the point where it's all I do, and and you put on an album like that. And what really blew me away was that a I'd never heard of you guys because obviously you you split up years ago yeah. um we've been dead in true zombie fashion we've been dead for 15 years yeah right we've been yeah. resurrected oh, now we're back. Right. <laughs> right. Can I... that's the tour the, living dead. Right. the rain has come down and it's resurrected you to return of the living dead right <laughs> and and you know you, you put it on and it just it was like literally i couldn't stop listening to it i thought this is this doesn't, and I mean, like I said it before at the beginning of the show, it doesn't sound like an album of a band that's just recorded one album. It sounds like an educated, thoroughly thought out, well recorded um, piece of music. And it just, it, it is no, and there's nothing in it where I go, oh, we skip. I, I loved every minute from the opening chord to the last chord, and I mean that sincerely. Brilliant album. Absolutely brilliant. And if it doesn't do something, I want to know why. <laughs> I appreciate, yeah, appreciate okay. it. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we we want to, you know, we we want to try and um, I don't know, get it, get it out there, get a few people listening to it, and then, you know, we we, we see where it goes from there. Hey, you, you should. It's a, it's a it's a shame and a sin if it doesn't get good airplay. I mean, Spotify is a tough one because it's you know so many bloody people on it. You know, so much well, noise on that platform. But it's a tricky one, right? It's a tricky one. I mean, if you think about it, if you were German or Norwegian or Swedish or British, you'd probably be bloody all over the place. It's tougher, tougher being in on yeah. this continent, you know? Yeah, it is for sure. We don't. As before, it's nice to have all those tools available to us now, which we didn't have before. But yeah. it just changes the landscape, and it's just, you know, everyone's got access to everything now. So it's, yeah. you know, it's 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 not a case of having that one breakthrough song or that one breakthrough album, it's, yeah, there's, there's an element of luck and, um, you know, obviously pushing it ourselves and um, really appreciate you having us on, man. It's, uh, you know, oh, no, it's been a pleasure. And it's been great to have a proper chat. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. I just, again, if I could uh, just say to my listeners that are listening, really please do go to any platform because you're on all the platforms, all the streaming platforms, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, Go to wherever you stream your music. I mean, I found your video on YouTube. I watched yeah, that cool. the other day. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and and just listen to this really classy piece of music, and it is classy, right? It really is classy. Whether you like that kind of metal or not, it's worth listening to. It really, really is. So, thanks, guys, man. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. No, just okay. thank you for giving the world the thanks music. Lot, we really appreciate it, man. <laughs> really do. <laughs> Keep safe. And yes, come Thanks on a tour. Lot. We have to have yeah, you, you touring. Too, mate. Tour, tour, tour. Well, uh, <laughs> well, that, well, that's what we'll do. We'll, we'll push this album. That that shirt that we owe you for the uh, with the zombies for the living dead, mate. We'll bring it to you in person. Oh fuck! <laughs> can't wait, man. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll get the nice. first round in. <laughs> yeah, <that's good. laughs>
That's worth a shit, 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. Talk to you like later. Thanks again. Bite. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it's Keep safe, man. Thanks a lot. Bye, mate. See you, mate. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.